This podcast is proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli. Hello and welcome to episode the 66th of Tamper Tantrum. That's a foreboding number. Uh, joining me today is not Stephen Layton, uh, but instead I have a good friend of mine from, um, it's East, West, South East London, is that right? Yeah, yeah, South East London. Uh, Mr. Ross Brown of uh, Browns of Broccoli. How are you, Ross? Hi, hey, I'm good, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries, good to, good to have you on. Um, it's, uh, you, you also did a temper tantrum, some of you m- people re- listening might remember, at Cup North, which was two years ago, coming up on two years ago. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite ones. I think, One of the I, I always like the coffee shop owner ones, because it's, uh, it's uh, I don't know, it, it's a great insight to people, and I, I've, we've had emails and messages from people that are opening shops and running shops, it's like, it's nice to see somebody talk about the horrors that, uh that we all encounter that other people don't really notice. So um, I think it's... Yeah, it doesn't never makes exciting uh, viewing or reading when you're like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, because I think a lot of people, they're going to go and set up a shop. It's like their dream. Yeah. And you're like, you know, no one wants to tell... No one wants to tell them the the, the, the awful horrors of, of of that dream. You know, it's like there are probably downsides of being a professional footballer. But you don't want to hear them. Yeah, and but it's weird though because like, uh, and well, actually, now that you've brought up, I'm writing a bu- writing a book about it at the moment, Ross. Um, <laughs> Segway. And it's about uh, it's about the realities of running a coffee shop, and it's like there are times I'm like the editor goes to me like, "This sounds awful," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's fucking great though," and he's like, "But you're like just saying all these terrible things of it." I'm like, "Yeah, but it's great," and he's like, "Right, okay, are you sure it's great?" I'm like, "Yeah, I think so." Like it's it's a weird thing. I don't know. It, it does remind me of that professional footballer thing where it's like, oh, I don't know how to insure my car. And you're like, you're Ferrari. Oh, you poor thing. Yeah. So I don't have a Ferrari, though. That's the only thing. The monotony of living in a uh, five-star hotel for a year. <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Fucking room service. Um. So, uh, right. We've got a lot to talk about. And uh, I enjoy your tangents. So I want to get, get lost in some of those tangents. How did you get into coffee? Um... To cut a long story short, I went to Portland, Oregon when I was, I think I must have been 18. I was doing my A-levels at the time. Um, I guess I was like big into kind of music, zine culture, uh, and Portland, Oregon was like a big mecca for that. It seems to be a mecca for a lot of things like that. Like if you're yeah, saying zines th- and there's coffee and craft brewing and uh, Yeah, and it kind hair. of weirdly... Yeah, kind of like weirdly not not so much mu- like also comics um or like alternative comics um i don't know uh, the difference between comics and alternative comics i'm sorry or like st- <laughs> co- 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 comics that aren't like marvel and dc i guess okay um uh but like not so much music but i guess i you, you know like all those things the origins of it are that portland was for a long time a really cheap place to live if you've ever seen uh have uh, you seen drugstore cowboys by by Gus Van Sant. No. It's like based, uh, it's like one of his first films. Um, uh, it's based in Portland um, about, yeah, I think they just had, they had like real bad time in the 70s. It was really cheap to live and hang on, I have to just pause it for one second. Sorry. Sorry, someone didn't get the memo. Uh, 
Sorry. No worries. Just, just ruin the podcast. <laughs> uh, it was just a super cheap place to live. Um, and uh, steadily has become, you know, that weird thing where it's like it was cheap, so people moved there to be creative. Like a massive shortage. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And then over time, and now it's just like it's just as expensive to live there as like any other any other city. And isn't it and weird the way like, uh, like when you tra- like if you come to Dublin, we could go to Stony Batter, or like what the, or, what are you, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, okay, so in Dublin there's a place called Stony Batter. Okay, yeah, like Stony Batter. Okay, um, and in Dublin Eight, there's kind of like around where the Fumbly are, all that kind of area, and it's kind of like. Shoreditch and kind of like Williamsburg and kind of like what you're just describing in Portland but when you go to all those places and there's a place in Germany in Berlin I can't can't pronounce and it's called the same it's the same sort of thing yeah. but it's like yeah all this isn't this so unique you're like yeah it's like stony batter you know what I mean it's kind of a yeah but isn't like this is the whole conversation now about this um I don't know like how you know you go to Paris Stockholm New York uh, Barcelona, uh, you know, wherever else. And you ha- kind of have these world cities where, you know, I can go and drink a single origin filter coffee in a scenario, in a setting that's pretty similar in all those cities. Yeah, it's box ticking. It's, it's I don't, like, I don't know. People, I mean, like everyone, I don't know. Like every, people say that, like it's really negative. Like, okay, here's the thing. And there's definitely, is there's it, definitely negative aspects. The question but, is, has it always been like that? Or is it just easier to find out that it's like that now? I mean, like, I mean, a case in point, as we're talking, like the Irish bar, I don't, I kind of don't see what's totally different to the Irish bar. Like, you, could, <laughs> yeah. I could, you know, like, and, and like, but what, like, is the same thing. I could go and have a pint of Guinness in fucking Lisbon or, you know, like anywhere. That is, like, it's a good example of it. It's funny when, during WBC, um, there was a group of South Africans over and they were like, oh, we should go to an Irish bar. And I was like, we just call them bars. but the one thing about those places is that like it's i don't know is it because i try to avoid them when i go away it's a lot of irish people will use them as like an embassy they just go abroad and go fuck we better find an irish bar and then go in and have some really bad guinness and be like oh phew this is it's okay we're safe here but and there's just all the shit hanging out of the roof like buckets and ladles and yeah 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 but 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 and again like this and i i i i I've I've never been in one, but like I presume, like you can speak English as well. Like you can speak English in those in those scenarios. I think you're expected to. I, I've you t- I've never been in one, obviously. <laughs> but you can change that this weekend, maybe. So Portland was that kind of like that epicenter for zines and. Sorry, yeah, we're on track. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I I got to my 18th birthday, and I kind of got. Uh, I got, kind of got given the scenario that I could go with my family to. Uh, Malawi um, and go in safari and stuff like that which is where my dad grew up um, or I could go I could go to Portland so I was like yeah fuck I'm going to Portland <laughs> uh, which in retrospect was a, was a terrible idea but uh, but yeah so I went so I went for a week um, and just researching stuff to do uh, this was probably 2005 t- yeah I think it was 2005 um, you know researching things to do in Portland and Obviously, going to Stumptown was a, a big thing. And, you know, even then, Stumptown was a big, you know, a big Portland thing. I don't know if, you know, obviously it was a big coffee thing, but it was a big, you know, it's like... Well, isn't Stumptown, city, isn't that kind of the, like the nickname of Portland? Like the way New York yeah. is the Big Apple? 
Yeah, it's something to do with, I think it's something to do with logging on the river that runs through Portland. Is it the Wilmette that runs through Portland? Do like the stumps um, of the trees come through the town or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's and just say that that's fact, okay? I'm going to look it up while we're talking. But, um, um, yeah, so, yeah, so I just, I, I you know, I, I, I went in, sat down at the counter, and we had like an espresso and a, and a filter coffee and it was just crazy. Just I, I probably at that time did just didn't drink coffee at all, um, and yeah, it was just crazy. I remember, I remember the filter coffee tasting like so strongly of like of like weed, like of of, of uh, that I was just like, oh shit! Like there's like something in this. Like, <laughs> um, uh, do you remember uh, what it was? No, no, not at all. But. Yeah, and then the espresso, again, just wasn't, you know, it was, I guess, trying to think about it, it was probably sour and, you know, all those kind of, like, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't super harsh, bitter. It was probably, you know, like, I'm super, sh- super sticky, like, drippy, drippy espresso. Oh, yeah, of sure, 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 of course. But, I like, sometimes you know, miss that. I, I had, I, you know, I had an espresso a couple of weeks ago that was not not crazy in that in that range but but not far off i like it uh, you know i know it's in vogue not in vogue to say is i i i i genuinely enjoy enjoy that kind of thing like uh, like not all the time but like i i i don't think there's anything wrong with that now and again oh, I love it's it, man. such a it's great for um, drinks like you balance, oh, you balance that, that saltiness with the sweetness of the milk, and it's just like, ah, oh, just I just remember like you'd go to like you'd go to like milk bar, and you'd like they'd pull a ristretto, and it would be like five mil yeah. of coffee. I but, just but like, pull the shot, and they go and they get like they go and get a sandwich out for you, and they like toast it, <laughs> and then they slice it up, they bring it back, put it on the plate, you know, take your money from you, you know, wrap a donut for you, hand it over, you sit down, they go back, and then stop the shot, and there's like ten mils. You're like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember the the greatest one is uh, Square Mile used to do these uh, taste of events where they would group by and you know taste of West Coast America, taste of Scandinavia, taste. Yes, of I went to Australia. the West Coast one. I think I met you there actually. Did you? That was a hey, so you, turned you... up one. That was the first time we met you, I think. Oh, maybe. Um, do you, do you remember that Verve sent over a coffee? Yes, yes. For that, and they ran for like I can't. They, you know, they called it something really the stupid, face like melter. the the face melter, and it was like forty. It was like you know, it was like oh, I can't remember if it was like forty two grams of coffee or forty two seconds, or I like it was just like, and everyone was like, oh, definitely oh, it's, the it's the dose too... weighed more than the yield by by yeah. <laughs> some distance. Um, and I just remember being like. Fucking hell! This is incredible. Remember, they had a, a tasting board. You to go up and write what you tasted on it. And uh, I remember going up in the market and be like, I, "I can't believe I'm doing this," but just writing roast beef. That's the only thing I could <laughs> taste off it. You know, like the real crusty, salty edge of a roast joint. It's just been like, yeah, it was. Um, it was quite the espresso. Beef fat. Yeah, I do that in the training room sometimes. I just walk in and make an espresso like that inside. And my God, the looks of the staff are just like, "What are you doing? Like, you don't know my life." <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what i've seen <laughs> um oh man so anyway so i i i had you know i had this coffee i was like holy shit i don't remember i think i only went once like when we were there like i don't i, I don't i don't remember going again 
and then it wasn't like it, it totally resonates with me with the, this idea of like a god shot in that it was you know i have no idea if the, the coffee was good or not but it certainly changed my my view of what coffee could be but yeah at the same time i didn't i didn't go home and was like oh you know my life's changed i, I, I went home and you know i still didn't really drink coffee i might have drunk a bit of like filter coffee or just just shit coffee um but i you know it did it, it, you know it was just sort of in my subconscious it, it I, you know it wasn't for i was 18 it wasn't for three four years later that that i they i did anything with that you know um so yeah so I, so you know went back finished my a-levels went to university uh, you know, I guess at that time I, I I moved from sort of like the suburbs, like home counties, to in into London to go to university. Um, uh, I'd been to Monmouth a few times and had the <laughs> talking of uh, over extracting coffee. Like had the <laughs> had the uh, had the filter coffee there, and again, like as a child, was like, wow, you know, isn't this isn't this amazing? Um, if you're not familiar with the Monmouth style of filter coffee it's again it's just like 50 <laughs> grams of coffee to uh 300 mil of water or something like I, I, uh, the thing about the mammoth places is that i envy them so much because this is like um, you've probably had the same where like you'll always have customers say why don't you just have like big you know boxes of c coffee beans there and you know just do the whole hand pour thing like they do and and it's like because well, there's so many reasons why I wouldn't do it that way, and it's really hard to communicate that to a customer in a like because to say no, it's yeah. better for us to put them in bags and hide them on the shelves. They're like, no, how could it possibly be better to do it that way? You know what I mean? And it because it looks so great. It looks it's like fucking it's awesome. Like it, imagine it's like imagine it in any other scenario. But imagine uh, like a fishmonger's. And you're trying to sell fish from like a, you know, uh, from a store with no display. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the fish is way better. <laughs> like it, it, it's, it's one of those many things that is so, yeah. it's so, it's so, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what, which we side I'm on. We talked about it at the new place, like at our new shop, because it's a little quieter on the weekends. We've got lots of space there. That we, we could do something like in, in big silos and like you could do, you could buy coffee by the weight or and it's just yeah. I don't know just because that's uh, uh, yeah I don't know because it, it does look awesome and it's like it's customer facing there's so much about what we do that isn't you know what I mean like it's for reasons that they aren't privy to yeah it, it's such a hard one because I agree I agree and I'm trying to think about this more and more every day is like from from a customer's point of view that's awesome but but we all know that you know, like in my heart of heart, I know that that's negative for the customer. I know that that coffee isn't as fresh as it could be. It's not as good as it can be. Yeah. And selling that under any other pretense makes me feel a bit bad. You know, it's just like I could, I could run my shots a bit quicker, and you'd get your coffee a bit quicker, and you know, like I could do all those things. Like, and and the customer would be happy because people don't like waiting. But the product you're getting isn't as good as it can be and and it's i don't know it's almost well, it's a moral the same issue between if they had like a batch beer or else just you know someone standing there with like a essentially a milk steaming pitcher chucking random amounts of water through a pour over filter like that looks great and it looks like like someone is practicing their craft and a batch beer just looks like they're 
you know, they're just oh, it looks like you're in a hotel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like absolutely, and it's so. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Like I like I I don't want to bag out Monmouth at all because they're a real cool company and. Uh, I'm selling I go lots to... of coffee. <laughs> lots more. Oh, it's, oh, dude, they're selling tons of coffee. I go to her son's restaurant like every week. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, uh, and I think at the time, I think you know they're just doing what they've always done. And I think at the time when they were doing those things, like they were, they were the best. They were the best examples of what they could have been doing. Do you know what I mean? Like they, what what's again quite appealing about that company is they don't they don't change very much yeah. to, for the positive, you know, they were, they were doing, for, okay, now it's a bit like, oh, you know, you guys aren't weighing, weighing your coffee in, in portafilters and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, yeah, a bit like what you were saying earlier. It's like, yeah, but fuck, you weren't here 20 years ago, dude. This was like, this was like groundbreaking. Completely. You know? Uh, and like, the thing is like, I make coffee at home, right? And, I do everything like by the book, no matter, and it's it's sometimes fine, it's sometimes good, it's sometimes like it's never great, you know what I mean? The water that we have here isn't isn't the best, and all this. But um, my wife does it, and she just like generally eyeballs it, and like <laughs> like if we make ten cups of coffee each, like seven of hers would be better than mine, and I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> so I don't know. Like it's the only thing I have, and she's better than me. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's, it's uh, uh, like okay. So it's also about what I talked to the guys about, like the way we used to use grinders. Okay, so if you had an old grinder before, like we had grinder demand ones, but the dosing was all over the place. I don't want to name any brands. Um. So. And you know, like you'd have a variable. It's like this dose would be eighteen, the next would be twenty-one, the next would be nineteen, next would be twenty. So you'd have like a floating dose. Yeah. But what you do is that you'd have like a floating yield. So you'd aim for like about if you dose eighteen, you'd aim for like thirty-six, and if you dose twenty, you'd aim for forty. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Why would you do it that way?" I'm like I didn't choose to do it that <laughs> way. That was the hand I was dealt, you know. And they said, "Oh, your quality must have been all over the place." And I'm like, "I don't think it was. I don't know. Maybe it's wishful thinking, but." I feel like, like because we were paying more attention, we kind of had it. Oh, I, uh, I don't know. It's just the yeah. thing was we couldn't do anything else. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I totally buy into that. It was great because we were concentrating more. But it's easy for me to say we were though, and important. <laughs> I, yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna say I, I really need you. everyone. No yeah, I, <laughs> um. But yeah, totally. I think that's the thing. It's like this, this is, this is what we had. Like the, you know, like and I, 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 I think we we talked previously about, you know, like the internet and stuff like that. And that was like, you know, that was a great tool. That was a great tool. You know, we didn't have much. We didn't have like, I guess to be. I I I'm, I'm trying to think when when I first started the shop where you just didn't like filter coffee just wasn't even around so I think we probably just didn't have any scales in the shop like that wasn't you know we just served espresso based coffee and like we just didn't own scales yeah you like, looked at the the you looked at the espresso when it started to wiggle all over the place you stopped it <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah Hang on, we need to go back on question. Oh yeah. Um, so uh, also, <laughs> before, hang on, before I, before I do that, I need to um, plug in my laptop. 
before it dies. That's a good idea. Two seconds. Um, yeah, there's actually for anyone now that Ross is doing something for anyone that's, that's out there listening, you can Google um, the taste of the West Coast square mile, and I'm pretty sure there's a video out there by David Walsh, formerly other black stuff and uh, it'll give you a good insight into what those events are like but it's like that event in particular I remember Ross being there Peter Dorr Smith who owns Caffeine now um, Ben from the Espresso Room uh, Gwillem who of Gwillem fame and like a room full of like 50-60 people most of whom went on to open specialty coffee shops in London so I think it's uh, yeah it uh, was definitely one of the the more formative um events of the the london coffee scene you back yet ross yeah yeah i'm back i've got no idea what you've been saying i was talking about how everybody that turned up for, to that west coast event it was like peter dor smith there's ben from the espresso room there's Gwillem, oh, there's PDS. like all these people had just went on and opened their own shops and every time i go back and look at the video i spot another person who now owns the shop i think the tollies were there oh too. it was oh dude it's like it's like even better than that it's like jason you know remember like jason schulter so yeah like yeah co-owner of market lane um, I don't know if Jenny Bryan would have been around at that time. I, I think, think it's probably so. a bit, maybe a bit before she came for us. Jenny Barrett Bryant, who also now works at Michael Lane, and before that was at Gimme and all sorts, came over for uh, a year or two before she got kicked out of the country for visa issues. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think who else was there. There were like tons of people. I think um, the guy Richie, who used to work for roast for monmouth who now owns a roastery someone told me the other day he him and cam the old owner of flat white own a roastery in new zealand together really i was wondering what happened to that guy yeah isn't that crazy anyway go back to your story uh i forgot what we were saying your story about okay so you went to portland then you came uh, back to yeah. london and you were like what am i gonna do uh no, no. so into, like so i came back went to college did my levels went to university Kind of like, yeah, like tried a bit of coffee. Was like, you know, was not really something I was into. I guess a little bit. Um, I certainly wasn't aware of, really aware of like speciality coffee. Um, and then I, uh, my dad died the, the first semester, like a November, you know, you start uni in September and it must be November. <laughs> um and then i kind of hung around like i took a couple of weeks off and hung around uni and like tried to stick it out for till the exams until i couldn't like fudge it anymore and i was just like oh fuck this i'm done i'm out and it was a bad it was a bad gig for me anyway i'm just not i don't have concentration span i don't like i'm not amazingly academic um and so i kind of was like shit what what am i gonna do and i you know i think I just sort of came upon it. I was just like, you know, I like, I really like food. I, I, I mean, I, you know, I, the, probably the biggest story is that actually I just really like fucking like cakes and pastries and stuff like that. And coffee is a great, as much as like that dickhead Hoffman would tell you, pastries are like the greatest accompaniment to coffee ever. Yeah, it's true. Um, There's also, I, I need to get a klaxon because whenever, like whether it's an event and someone's doing a presentation or whether it's a podcast, you can only get so far before you say the words James Hoffman. And there should be, it's like that, what's that rule in like in an internet forum where you can only get so far before somebody oh, says yeah. Nazis? 
It's like, I can't remember what the room is called. Anyway. And that is funny because he is also a Nazi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, uh, it applies also to trade shows. So random conversations at trade shows. Oh, how's it going? Nothing. How's business? And three months later, James Hoffman. And you're like, right. Um... Yeah, I that was a poor. I I that of all the things he's written, that is one of the worst. He of course croissants are the best accompaniment to coffee. Yeah, um, it's hard to get good pastries though. Uh yeah. Ob- I mean, we're in London, so we actually have great great pastries. I think I, I genuinely think the pastries we have on a daily basis is some of the best. I like. I I'm not that. I'm not that dude at all. I'm not like. Oh, we serve the best coffee in London. Like, I'm, that is not my jam at all. I just buy in pastries from another company. But I genuinely believe there's some some of the best I've had like worldwide. Um, Where do they come from, incidentally? They come from a company called Little Bread Peddler. Okay. Based in Bermondsey. Um, yeah, they're real cool. They're not as good as the croissants at Democratic Coffee in Copenhagen. Really? Have you been there? Nope, never. Oh, it's amazing. It's just like such a classic example of what just scando country is just absolutely nailing it i think it's a cafe the best cafe in a oh go on, go on. the best one i've ever had was uh, at luna oh loon i beg your pardon in melbourne which is a, oh, okay. a bakery you should google it it's just basically this massive oh, oh yeah yeah I, yeah i'm aware of it but obviously very very nice never i'm never going to australia so you should um, it's amazing no. <laughs> have you met have you met australian people <laughs> I've met English people too, so you know it's a lot easier that way. <laughs> I would, I would say that realistically, I'm Scottish. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, so when did you start working in coffee? So I like left uni. I like dropped out in the summer, and then like within a couple of months, I was like, oh, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna you want to get into this coffee thing and i like i again like i can't i don't like i don't i can't find a pinpoint of time or like you know like i don't know when or probably just googling things um but like you and i are exactly the same age aren't we yeah so we don't laugh they our generation is kind of like has that thing where we want to find something that we want to do for a living whereas our parents generation are like you get a job and you should be thankful for it, you know? And it- I do, and I do, yeah, and I do, I think probably, uh, I think that was probably more, like, way more than I had, uh, yeah, maybe, may, yeah, exa- more than I'd given credit for, you know, like, my dad had, like, a very corporate job, you know, like, worked super long hours, super hard, like, you know, he worked for Deloitte, like, it was just, and I think I looked at that and was just like, that's not what I want to do with my life, like, it's cool, yeah. and, you know, I had a very, very, great lucky nice childhood that was all afforded by him but like you say i just it's i it's not what i want to do with my life um uh, and and i and i think maybe just in, also in respect of being self-employed like i i i don't know about you but i i find it quite hard the idea of working for someone else yeah um i'm not sure i was ever good pretty, at that and I mean, literally, I've had probably, you know, I had I had jobs when I was a kid, you know, I had like a paper round, I worked at a supermarket and that kind of thing. But like as an as an adult, I've had one job where I've worked for someone for for a, for a year and that's it. And I and and now I'm I'm 20, I'm 28 and I can't I can't imagine working for someone else. And I, I mean, realistically, I need to work 
for another, you tell me, 30 years, 40 years? Like, it's quite a scary idea. Yeah. Do you like working? Um, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, I've got this, I do. I've got this I, feeling like, that, like, I'll be having this conversation with my sons in, like, in 40 years' time. So that my sons will then be like, what, 42 and 44. And they'll be like, Dad, you got to give up work. And I'll be like, yeah, 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 I'll quit next week. Or I'll, I'll quit and then I'll just secretly have another job on the side. Like. <laughs> uh, I, it's weird. Like, I do. And I, li- like, I, I like to think that I actually have, like, a really strong work ethic. You know, when I turned 13... I can't remember what the age limit is in the UK, but I think I think it's thirteen. And when I turned thirteen, like literally, like the next week, I like went out and got a paper round. You know, there's like a legal like, age limit, and I had like I had a seven day a week paper round. Nice. Um. Um. And you know, and I did that, and dude, I did it for like, I did it until I was sixteen. I did it for four years, and I. You I was know, hoping you're gonna. From... I was hoping you're gonna say that you're still doing it. That would have been. That would have yeah. just nailed the point. Like, if you just said, I've still got that paper round, I would be like, yeah, Ross, tell, you I, do have an excellent work ethic. I tell, I tell you what, I'd show you what a, uh, I don't know. I, I drove down the road uh, with uh, with my family the other day, with my, my girlfriend and my son, and I, I could still tell, I could still, like, tell you, like, the houses I delivered to and what paper they used to have, dude. <laughs> um. Do you think yeah, like if, if you like sold the business for like ten million, that you just get your paper round back and just do that? I, I I really enjoyed it. I like I really like getting up early in the mornings. I'd like listen to the radio and do it. And I just I fucking like I like mo- I really like money. And I used to love getting paid. I get paid <laughs> every Friday. Was it Friday or is it every other Friday? I think I got paid every other Friday, and I got paid something like sixteen pounds. And sometimes those Fridays would um, sort of, they'd be the perfect eclipse and all four skateboarding magazines would come out <laughs> on that same, on that same week. So it'd be. Wait, 16 side... pounds for two weeks. I, 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 uh, maybe it was 16 pounds every week. That's like a pound a day. A little, a little over a pound a day. Maybe for, it was for, every for week. For any though. Mats fans out there. <laughs> maybe it was every week. I can't remember. Anyway. I'd buy these four skateboarding magazines. I literally, I would like go, I'd go and like get my money in a brown envelope. And then I would literally hand over all that money back over and buy like these, these, these four skateboarding magazines. It was amazing. Amazing. <laughs> um, it was only on certain weeks when they all came together. Um, the perfect storm. But yeah, I, yeah, I like, I do. And I like to think about it. In the last couple of years where I've definitely slowed down doing a lot of stuff, I am... Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I've definitely got I've definitely got a bit lazy and I just uh, yeah. I do I do really like working, but I think I need something to sink my teeth into. I just read a really good review of a of a winemaker from I think it's from the Ardèche called Andre Kalek. Uh he's just the whole interview is just him talking about how much he hates working. And it's the only reason his wine is any good because he just can't be fucked to do anything with it and he just leaves it. <laughs> well, I think uh, a part of me is i don't know i can't, can't figure out if i'm if i have a good work ethic or if i'm really lazy because like i have always worked like again since i was young and i know i work a lot now probably more than i should just by choice but it's at the same time i'm motivated a lot by like oh that's a lot of hard work how do i just make that a lot fucking easier to do do you know what i mean and i don't think 
I think there's there's a lazy person inside of me that's like, oh, right, I'll put up with all this fucking working, but I'm not exerting myself too much. So we need to make this a lot easier to do. So we end up trying to make things a lot more efficient just so it isn't as much effort. You know what I mean? I certainly wouldn't ever work the way that I did when I first did the shop for certain. But but then I but then that's like, you know, I think there were so many things that we did that were so stupid that like you say, it was just it wasn't that it was really, really hard work. It was just completely inefficient. Okay, so before we get to that, you have to tell us how you got in where you started working in coffee. So I went to my mum gave me some money and paid for me to go to the ABC American Brewster and Coffee School back in Portland, Oregon. That's run by a family the Maletto family them. who who used to like again like it's so weird like the, the we move in these trends and peaks and troughs and like those dudes were um i can't think what their other business was called but they produced like loads of uh, it was basically before sprudge existed like and people produced physical things like books and dvds and videos and stuff like that those guys were sort of the the leading um company to do that so they they published a couple of really good books they published a really good uh like little like dvd to show your staff or just to watch about like basic coffee processing they uh, they actually even did a dvd of the um the world barista championships i think they did one oh, or yeah. two years they definitely i remember them they 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 filmed the year that that uh james won in in japan um like full scale like video productions um uh anyway so they go so it's just you know it's like a course it's practical stuff like learning about how to make coffee and then these like lectures as well you know about basic kind of business and you know it was good you know it was really good like i again i think people really want to bag out like these coffee schools and stuff like that and obviously it takes more than a week to to learn how to make coffee but they but it's it certainly... takes at least two weeks <laughs> uh, let's not go too far but um uh, you, you know like they but it was you know it's all done with speciality in mind and it was informative and it and it and it's and it was it was run certainly at you know this is a business angle it wasn't like oh you know dreamy and like oh you're gonna have a lovely time baking cakes it was you know it was about like business and it was re- it was really good and you know this must have been 2007 or something like that portland was like just awesome like so many great cafes did like little coffee tours and it was just yeah like in in heaven i stayed in the ace hotel just thought it was like you know like honestly i just like remember like getting up in the morning and walking down to like the stump town in the lobby of the ace hotel and there'd just be like blaring music and it would be busy and it was just like oh man it's like so beautiful like that's you know I don't know. You know how like people like going to the football or I don't know, whatever, riding their bike or whatever, and you're just like, man, that is like that's my jam. I'm gonna, like stay in a hotel, get up, go for coffee in the morning, and they're like, yeah, it was uh, so good. Um, came home, th- sort of thought about opening a coffee shop or at least getting. I think I realized I had to get like a job. And again, like ABC, they're really encouraging people to say, like, "Hey, you know, if 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 you're not working in industry right now, go and go and get a job, go and learn, and then and then think about opening a business." So I kind of thought about 
applied for a bunch of different barista jobs. But again, like speciality, I again wasn't really that aware of speciality at the time. I, I hadn't been to any shops in London. And I managed to get a job at Darlington's, which is now owned by Bewley's, um, as a barista trainer, despite never having um, worked in a coffee shop. And I, you know, <laughs> I was pretty terrible like you know i'd never worked in the shop i'd been on this like one week course you know i couldn't pull latte out i couldn't do you know like anything it was a really good gig they were you know they weren't a speciality uh business by by any stretch of the imagination but they were but they were really cool and they were really good to me um and i worked underneath dan thompson who runs the coffee program for uh for runs the entire coffee program for soho house group across the world um and yeah again was just super good to me and it was you know it was basically like a year's free education of installing machines and used to just make coffee for all the staff on a spaziale in like the back of a warehouse and it was i had a really good time but after a year i just in that in that year of working for darlington's i i was still living with all my friends from uni and like a student house it was before london was eye-wateringly expensive to live in and so i was you know i was earning money like I had, it was like a salary it wasn't like a pie the hour it was like an actual salary uh so it's like earning money had a bit of expendable income um and so i think in that what in that year was really where i was like got super super into it um would you know i guess like through the internet and then i would go to milk bar like every saturday like routinely have like two flat whites and like an how far from milk bar did you live um it's probably about seven it's probably about six miles i would think but but yeah but in london that is really far you know like in london like that six miles is like it's like a 45 minute journey ross i can tell you that everything in my experience is a 45 minute journey in london i think it's a i don't know how you can get anywhere in that city <laughs> in any time less than 45 minutes really but yeah so i mean yeah i mean it's not and then and then because uh, i was working with darlington's and we would be driving around constantly installing machines and visiting customers so i kind of got acquainted with you know i was really learning geography of london and then you know, there were only like, there were probably only like 10 shops at the time. And you'd be like, oh, you know, that's... Where else um, was there? I could, the only example I can think of, of is Taste of Bitter Love. I, I I vividly remember driving down Hackney Road on a really miserable day in the afternoon and being like, oh, you know, it was like three or four o'clock. Uh, it must have been three o'clock because I think they closed at four. Um, and I remember being like, oh, fuck this. I'm not going to go back to the office. I'm going to go and... I'm going to try out this cafe. And there's, there was like a loading bay right by their shop, which is tiny. It's like six seats. Um, Taste a bit of love has kind of got that status now amongst like coffee people where because it's closed now, it's kind of one of those things where it's like the 60s. Like, oh, you know, you weren't there. You didn't understand, you know. And I think it's it's one of those places that was actually excellent. But at the same time, if you made it there, uh, before it closed, then I suppose you've ticked that you've ticked that box, and if you didn't, then you know you're never going to tick that box. Then people will forever hold that against you because they got there and you didn't. Yeah, I think it, it it's so amazing as well in that it's so perfect. Like it's such a great it was such a great expression of 
of who they like i should probably say that like you know i'm not straight away but we became really good friends and we are now like you know bill and 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 flick that ran it you know some of my closest friends um but it's like and again i'm like i don't i I don't this doesn't offend me as much but like all these people are going oh they all these shops look the same and they're all scandinavian and and whatever but like but taste bit of love was a perfect expression of who they are as people in terms of the food they served, the way they made coffee, the way the food was, the, the, you know, the way the place was decorated, the music that they played, like everything was, it was so great and so different and so them and in no way contrived or, you know, it, I, like, I like, I don't want to be like sentimental, but like it really, I, it was a really perfect hospitality scenario for me you know it was so homely the food is like unique but like warm and they were always so friendly the coffee despite you know it was like they made coffee in like a two by two foot space wasn't it hanging hanging above a stairwell like tiny little space yeah 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 yeah. and then like flick would make all the food in like i don't even know how you describe it like an alleyway basement with just like a tiny little hot top oven thing it was just crazy like it was just crazy um yeah it was yeah i I, like loved that stuff and i like i I actually don't think about it that much anymore because because i see them so regularly and you know they both you know they, they they shut the shop a long time ago i think maybe five five years ago um uh for at least four i think it is five years ago um and they yeah i kind of forget that's what they used to do i think um but yeah it was a great shop anyway uh i I was working for darlington's i just got big into this coffee thing i think you were talking the other day about too much coffee yeah that internet forum do you remember ola bratis no who's that so ola worked with tim wendell but was a roaster and i remember he had this um competition once and uh he'd like get home roasters to roast coffee i think david walsh roasted panda coffee or something like that that uh, he entered i remember quite vividly uh but he went to roast for a few more people after i think like um Solberg and hansen um was one of the places that he went to roast in and he's like i don't know like uh, he got to know um, he got, he designed this new kettle and it looks amazing and he delivered one to me at WBC and it was um, yeah yeah and like and it's uh, it's one of these really cool uh, things but he's selling them now and we, we want to uh, sell them in the shop as well because it's kind of um, one of those oh, yeah. weird throwbacks to the internet era but at the same time he's like a friend I've always had that I, I didn't even recognise when he came and said hello and there were a few things like that. I, I remember the coffeeed forums, which I didn't post on, but would read. Were you allowed to post on there? I wasn't allowed. No, I wasn't allowed. Were you allowed? No, I was a nobody. You, you were you were a nobody at that point, I guess. I still am. Um, but I used to uh, just I so I used to read that kind of eagerly as well. Um, and i eventually i was just like yeah i'm gonna go and work for myself and i kind of had this idea that i was gonna do a coffee trike um which sort of never when i first visited the square mile roastery i was still planning on doing this coffee tricycle bike i'd have paid to have seen stephen morrissey deliver coffee on a bike (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
Did there used to be a policy there that they were only going to roast coffee for places that were within one square mile of the roastery and that's where they got the name? Or am I making that up? I don't know. It's news. No, because Flat White was the first wholesale account and they would def- it was definitely not a mile. Then maybe they lied. It was more than a mile. Hmm. Yeah. That's that. Yeah, he's also a liar. Um, yeah, it's that. <laughs> How, when are you going to release this, by the way? Because he's meant to be driving me to Cornwall uh, tomorrow for my birthday. So you're not going to release it tomorrow, are you? I don't want him to. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't want him to. I think maybe three weeks yesterday. I think that might be. Oh, it's great. It's fine. He'll, I w- I'll be long, long gone. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I had this coffee trust guy there that didn't get very far. And then I just happened like where I lived, I was walking down to the station and there was like a terrible coffee shop and a delicatessen and the delicatessen just had like a for sale sign on the window. Um, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, I should do that. Just like that. I should do that. You know, like, no, not really a lot of, uh, not really a lot of basis in it. I was just like, yeah, sure. So my, yeah, I like, because my dad had died, I kind of had this inheritance money and my mum lended me some money. And um, yeah, I like, w- like it was super quick. I like handed in my, I like went to WBC in Atlanta, handed in my notice at work and was like, yeah, that's it. I'm going to buy the shop. Well, um, just like that. And I just bought like the, all the equipment. Um, But it was just, ter- it was a, such a terrible idea. It was uh yeah it was just awful like because because there was a coffee shop next door i didn't feel i could go in and be like yeah i'm opening another oh, coffee yeah. shop um so i kind of tentatively did the deli as well but just had no knowledge or interest in any of it and it was just like every every aspect was just a total shit show and it's like you, you know like it's uh I don't know, you know, it's such a fluke that the shop is still, still there and running from those early years. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, like the fact that you like made it off the ground is just startling. Like it just was so awful. Like as a, as a customer, I, I would have never gone into that shop again. You know, it was just, just shit everywhere. No idea what we were doing stuff would be there and not there but i guess that one consistent was that i really wanted to serve coffee and and that was sort of the one thing that we the one thing i kind of did 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 all right was was just doing the coffee you know all the other stuff was just like i almost was doing it because i felt i had to um but the coffee was a you know (laughs) or i i guess like we were talking earlier maybe not so consistent in terms of there were no scales and timers or it was all by eye. But, you know, it was that one thing we were, we, you know, that's the one thing I wanted to do well. And, and that, you know, you cared without that, we would have, there would, there was no business there, but like, I don't know people, I think it was the right place, the right time. And people really slowly latched onto that coffee and here we are. So what was it like in the early days? Like, was this busy oh, from the start? Or were you- nah, dude, it was Fuck, it was just awful. No, like, not at all. And, like... Well, some of it must have been good. You wouldn't have kept doing it if it wasn't all. Oh, dude, yeah. Because, like, you know, like I had no accounts. Probably didn't even know how much money. I, like, especially in the first six months, like, you'd be like, oh, how much money did you take today? And you're like, I don't, don't know. 
don't know. You know, like it was that, like that, just like head in the sand, like you know, like <laughs> a few memories like that of my own place. But <laughs> um, so you y- you just do it because you because you do. Do you know? Like it's not like oh, I feel it was really bad. You know, you just like you just, I yeah. Know. Did you get the sense that it was b- building at least? Like, did it feel like progress? Or was it just a mess? No, it was just a total mess. I'm trying to think of, there, there was a time, there was like one day, probably about a, about a year in or, or nine months in, where we, I, I, something happened. There was like a review, maybe in timeout. Like we got named in timeout. Like, I mean, like four lines. It, it, it might not have been that. It might have been something else. And we just had this one Saturday and there's two of us working and we just got slammed, like slammed, like ran out of cups, like, you know, just, just awful. And uh, like it was the, that was the first time I was like, oh, okay. Like maybe this is a, like kind of a goer or like maybe this is like people are into this or, you know, it was the, yeah. um, yeah. You see the potential of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All I can think about as I'm talking to you is that we, I mean, like, so this is like how atrocious it was. We used to have this huge butler sink um, next to the coffee machine, but we didn't have hot water. Like, I just didn't, I like couldn't, couldn't, I say couldn't afford or like didn't want to like have someone plumbing hot water. Um, and so we used to boil a kettle to like fill the butler sink with hot water to wash up in. Wow. I just remember. Oh, How just, are you allowed open? <laughs> oh, dude. I just don't, yeah. It's I, 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 it's like general trauma, like thinking you know, about it. You know the it. cringiest thing I can remember about how we started? Okay, so our cafe was on counters that were on wheels that were in the lobby of a nightclub and they would wheel into the back in t- so the nightclub could run during the day, okay? And yeah. we pushed them up against the wall. Now, if somebody came along and pulled the counter away from the wall, they would just been able to get all the coffee bags and all the cups and all the things, right? And in there was <laughs> this is the this is, I think it's a it's a reflection of the mental fatigue I was suffering at the time. But it, you know those little coin boxes that you'd use for like petty cash. Yeah, we used to take the takings for the day, and sometimes like it'd be three or four days if I hadn't got a chance to go to the bank and put all the money in that coin box and lock that coin box and put it under the counter, right? <laughs> yeah. Because in my head, that would mean it was safe. <laughs> and I think back, I was like, what was, like, I don't understand why I did that. And I remember Jer, who in everyone's first draft, saying, do you remember we used to do that? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, that didn't make any sense. And if anything, it was like, it was a beacon to tell people where the money was. <laughs> but did that for like probably two years and it never got stolen. So. Yeah. The cringiness. Yeah. Oh, dude. I just, I, just so many awful awful examples of things that happened i just but i think you just forget i think you, you know you go and you you know you know I, I don't i don't really work in my shop anymore like you know it's, i don't do shifts and stuff and and it's that weird thing where you, you 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 walk in now and the guys that you know the guys that run it um job who manages the shop like it's just such a well-oiled machine now you know they like you know we can always do better we're always going to try and improve it but like you know in comparison to what it was like even a few years ago and especially to back when we're talking about it's just like it's just such a machine and it's busy and it's great and there's a system for everything and it just like it just works like it's a 
an actual working business that employs people and pays tax and it's so it just like satisfying yeah can you, can an, you be to, satisfied by it is it you're afraid to be satisfied by it i mean satisfied i don't know maybe not i i mean smug are you smug about it no, no, <laughs> no. I don't, I don't know. No, because it's like, because I almost feel like it's not, you know, it wasn't, I, I feel a lot of it is not my doing. Like I kind of, you know, it was, you know, lots of people have worked there. And Do you ever get that thing where you look at somebody who's working there? Like sometimes it happens to me and I'm watching somebody and I'm like. You want to kill them. What? No, but why are they work? <laughs> like, I'm like, why are they working really hard? Why are they doing a good job? Like, do you know, like it sounds really weird. But like something's making them get up and do everything properly. You know what I mean? And they care. And you're like, where's that coming from? <laughs> like, it's just the weirdest yeah. thing. Uh, a bit. I, yeah, kind of. I just feel like it, I'm not, not, I, d- I really don't know how to describe it. And I obviously don't ever talk about this, but like, not that I'm not worthy, but it's just like, I'm, I, I feel like a lot of the good things have happened. I've been a, a, a bystander in, if that makes sense. You know, I've just watched it. And yeah. it's, and, it, and totally, it's the work of, of so many other people that have made it great. And it, it's such a, you know, like all those things, it's such a bummer that like, whenever anyone says something or like, you know, that's really positive or like, you know, like, I mean, even now, like you're interviewing me about the shop, but like, well, you know, like you should talk to the guys that work there. You know, like, I, 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 I you, you know what I mean? There's a achievement though, like, in this, okay, that like, you there's the businesses that, that aren't successful are the ones where there's a person at the center and they're they've created a system where all uh, like advancements you know improvements uh credit praise everything must go through them like this is like it, it, we can't improve anything unless it's my idea or else i or else you somebody else comes to it and i hone it to make it my own and that's what happens and they just not they're not scalable businesses so if you have if you create a playing field for people to come and take something that you were reasonably happy with and turn it into something that's amazing, that like that's a huge achievement. It's, it's something that business owners can't generally do. So it's to, to create that environment and make the and so the staff want to improve it is a, is a massive achievement. Yeah, and I think <coughs> so, ha. I, I think I've been <coughs> I've been trying to read. Um, I don't know if you've ever come across them. I've been trying to read these books from a company in the states in. Ann Arbor, Michigan, called Zingerman's. Do you, do you, are you aware of these? Nope. Oh. Um. So they own. They like famously own like a, a deli, um, and then have branched out and they do you know they do a dairy, they do a bakery, they do a coffee roastery, they do a candy bar factory, they have a restaurant. Um. But actually, a big part of what they do now is a lot of um. Staff training and. And, and this kind of thing where they they're a big advocate of open book is it called open book f- accounting open book financing where you're like you just basically you, everyone is included in all aspects of the business and they teach the dude washing up about like profit and loss accounts and and everyone has a role and it's really interesting but just genuinely i i, I, I mean <laughs> i say trying because i don't think i've i've got like three of his books and the books are all quite expensive because you have to buy them from them and i haven't finished reading a single one of them <laughs> But just this idea of including, trying to include everyone and like, you know, like I don't, the difference between me and anyone else, you know, I own the shop because I got got some money 
you know like and yeah and sure i had a good idea and i maybe worked a bit hard at certain points but like there's no different to me and like it's not um you know it's not uh cancer research you know it's like i you know i always i don't think i'm i certainly don't think i'm smarter than anyone at the shop i might think differently i might have different ideas but like you know every you know i I'm maybe not sure now, but it certainly used to be the case that I was the only person who worked at the shop that didn't have a degree. Like, yeah. um, you know, like everyone's got stuff to add and, and, and it's not free for all by, by any stretch of imagination, but I, I like this idea of trying to include everyone. Yeah. I think uh, that the best shops are like that. They genuinely, I think that, and tend to me, tend to be the more successful ones, you know, like um, the ones that try to say, Oh, we're going to focus on profits. And just like hammer everybody and they just don't work out you know i think finding that balance is the important thing i want to get back to like your ambitions in just in a few minutes because i think we probably have about 10 minutes 15 minutes now oh but just before that i want to talk to you about something very specific where i think um even though i'm from um the mainland ireland and uh, you guys are off there on the island i felt a big part of that London coffee scene, even if it was just via the internet or like a kind of a quarterly trip over to some event or something. And I think in like that, those kind of, I suppose what I see is the golden years of 2007 to 2011 yeah. of London coffee. There was this, like, it was a sense that it was like, like us against the world that we were going to make great coffee a viable <laughs> thing in London and that it was going to, it, it was going to happen and that there was a collective kind of, and I think an emphasis on the word collective, but like a collective goal to make it happen. And now when I go back to London and I talk to the people that were part of that, it's kind of like, it's, it's reason like it's easy. You're always going to be in a, within a couple of blocks of a drinkable cup of coffee now. Okay. Which back then was not like possible. Um, but there's a sense that like we made it and it's kind of shit. Is that fair? Yeah. It's it's so funny, and I think we've we I think already in this conversation we've talked a couple of times about, um, uh, people lacking perspective, and I and I definitely think now, me and me and Jop that manages the shop, the last few weeks we've been trying to just go and do like little coffee tours and just go to shops and shops that we maybe want to went to once and never went back to or never been and and and. And thought maybe you are, you know, you know, maybe thought a bit disparagingly about it or whatever. And it's been so interesting in that you just like, like, I'm all about quality, and I, I, I always think from a personal point of view, we can always improve, we can always make it better, we can make it taste better, we can be quicker, we can be faster, we can just, you know, there's, there's, it will never be done. But at the same time, I think there's also I don't know. I just feel I, I don't know if it, with as an industry or if I think it's just as a, a generational thing or, or I don't know, like social. I don't know, whatever. But like we're generally quite narcissistic and we just like to like just, you know, like, you know, talk about, you know, like, oh, I read so much stuff online and be like, oh, I had this really under extracted filter coffee, really over extracted. Like, no, you. I guess it's that thing, like, people, you only talk about the negative, and no one says, you know, I go to the shop five days out of six, and, yeah, some days the quality fluctuates, but I had I had, a, had an, a, a totally adequate coffee today. Like, no one no one wants to hear that. Yeah. 
and i think that's what like either things are the the best the best thing ever or the worst thing ever you know like and i and and i think we're so in tune to social media and that kind of that kind of thing is that you do get that perception and having just going and visiting the shops i'm just like ah you know like yeah some of the coffee we you know we went went last week or the week before we yeah we went to one shop and it was it was it was it was rubbish but well i think a part of the the big part of it was that the base we were coming from so the the understanding of what coffee was to most people and then you'd go to a place like flat white or milk bar or fernandez and wells or somewhere like that and have a coffee that was just like it wasn't just like two or three percent better it was like it was 20 times better. You know what I mean? It was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is amazing. And then you go, well, I go back to Dublin and it just wasn't available. Just like, this doesn't exist here. Yeah. And like, I, I can't imagine, I think that's what we're lacking now is that like, the, there are definitely improvements year on year in coffee. Like, I think the coffee that we serve today in the shop is better than the coffee we served six months ago, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. incremental improvements. But it's never twice as good or it's never 10 times as good. You know, it's never even like 20% better. You know, we might say, oh, this is like, this will make it 3% better 60% of the time. You know what I mean? So but, it's... but that's, but that's, I guess it's just life. It's just like, you know, like, it's like if we, if we had a computer from three years ago and a computer now, like, it's, 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 it's better. And you forget, you, you know, it's like, you forget how frustrating it was using dial-up internet or, you know, like, it, uh, we, I don't know. Is there, is there that same culture in London now of like, uh, camaraderie <laughs> no but i think uh, you talk it's such a it was i mean beyond a microcosm of society you know like i i definitely felt a time where especially with those events that that square mile put on there was you know there weren't that many people working in coffee you know like james from dose like ben from espresso room like me i mean maybe peter Dorsmith less then but like uh, like sorry as in just people i would like you know knew but like the guys at square mile i remember the guys from caravan starting and coming through like there were just people that you know if i if i needed anything at that point like you know and and, and vice versa like you know they were they, they were there but but equally now it's like if i if i run out of something now like which obviously doesn't happen very much. But, you know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's like, if I run out of cups now, there's, like, someone's open a coffee shop, like, a quarter of a mile away down the road. I could just I can just go there and borrow cups. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. It's hard. I guess, uh, it, 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 looking back on it, it was a great time. But I was also just working all the time. And I don't, <laughs> I don't like, I don't, I don't remember. I, I do think maybe people were, that, this aspect of, being super 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 quality focused and it felt it, it i really felt that maybe you know yeah. someone like james at dose was like verging on like psychotic in terms of quality you know like i <laughs> I, I remember doing some guest shifts with him and being like holy shit this dude is like full on yeah like and he's a great guy but like it was yeah i was just like whoa this is like such a tight ship and you know like they're like cleaning down practices and stuff like that i was like whoa this is just this is next level i don't know i don't know i wonder i, I don't know if you're trying to get like if i think about that and then i think about you know there are definitely people that have come along and opened 
shops and they're just like you know slinging a bit of coffee but they can draw a bit of latte art and like that's good enough yeah yeah like don't get me wrong that's a bit of a bummer but but it's it's i find it funny like it's there was a time when if you opened a good coffee shop in dublin i knew who you were i knew who you worked with i knew who trained you i knew now like these cops someone goes oh this great coffee shop opened up over here and i'm like no it didn't that's impossible and i'm like if i go look it up and they're like no, I don't know any of these people. They can't be good. And I go and have coffee and I'm like, this is really good. How the yeah. fuck did this happen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I didn't sanction this. You know? <laughs> it's oh, it's and, so mad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and absolutely, like in London, dude. I, I, I mean, we're talking years ago where I just get, I mean, it's just, there's someone opening a coffee shop, you know, every every week, I'm sure. You know, if you if you follow the London's Best Coffee thing, it's... There's two shops, at least two shops a week seem to be added to that app. You know, like it's just... Soon it'll just be called London's Coffee. Just London's Coffee. <laughs> just, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's really crazy. So um, my, my next question, this kind of leads me in nicely to the, to your next, to the next question. And I suppose the final question is that, uh, like, so assuming the shop is, goes well and continues to thrive and all that, like you, like the Ross Brown that, that I know on the internet um is someone who is just gonna want is just gonna be interested in other interesting things so is there anything like on the horizon that you have started a plan for or even just half thinking about or would just like to get into like is there something else that's kind of piquing your interest the same way the coffee did back in 2007 it's uh, yeah definitely and i think i think one aspect is that i kind of i've definitely decided that retailing and hospitality is probably something that i don't want to be involved in so so deeply for the rest of my life i just i especially since having a family i just yeah i don't i don't see where the payoff is for me um and i don't want to miss out on things with my family i don't miss out on taking my son to football and stuff like that for the sake of owning a shop and I don't have enough money. Well, now, to... that, now that West Ham has culture as well, it's, you, there's more of an incentive. <laughs> um, I was waiting for a time to drop that in. Uh, I, you know, I genuinely looked up, you know, they, you know, they released like the kind of premium economy of like tickets. I like definitely looked them up and was trying to rationalize to my girlfriend about if I could get me an Archie tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon the shop could have probably paid for them actually but um corporate hospitality yeah that's a thing right that's a thing yeah damn, damn right it's a thing um i i, I mean I, and i would never say never but i also just look at the way that thing's going and i i i don't i don't want to own a chain of shops um but one shop probably won't sustain me in london for the rest of my life um i i have a few things i want to do um mostly around like products um i this i this can be one of those really thing like really weird things where i'd be like oh, i can't you know i can't really talk about them like i like i like i can't i have a couple of i have a couple of products that i'm 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 trying to work on at the moment uh like coffee related so this is such a dickhead thing to say i sound like such a no, bad no, that's fair um like, that's that's specific enough like that but like definitely products that like i because I, I i do think that with all you know like i'm i was like reading the newspaper at the beginning while we're talking like you know the dollar 
dollar is the pound is weakest against the dollar it's ever been and it just it feels very doomy and gloomy post brexit but i do kind of think i'm sure that i'm sure that coffee will change i'm sure that will have a huge impact on coffee and i'm sure kind of negatively um yeah. but i do think that that the speciality sector to an extent is strong enough that there it will always be there and i and i still think there's this a glut of people that are either kind of too rich in, and I'm talking about the UK and I'm, I'm kind of specifically talking about London, but I do think there's this weird, this group of people that are either kind of too rich um, or like my generation that are like, well, fuck this. I'm never going to own a house. I'm never, I'm going to rent forever. So I'm just going to spend my money. Like, you know, like, and I kind of think those two sectors collide nicely together and, you know, coffee and eating out and food and that kind of thing. It can't be replicated by the internet or you know i think retailers kind of getting killed by the internet and this like the cities are just going to have to become like a recreational hub i think that's just always gonna it's crazy you know how often you talk to people and they're like oh all all it's opening is like coffee shops it's just coffee shops and you're like well you 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 know you buy all your food and you buy all your stuff from amazon right like what were you what were you expecting like where where what did you think was going to happen and and i mean we're only at like the very beginning like though the, quite literally like unless we have some radical economic redesign like like you say town centers are going to be almost 100% hospitality based i i feel they will either be absolutely unbelievable high end there'll be absolutely unbelievable low end of pound shops and it will be hospitality like that 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 i don't you, I, you know i'm talking quite a bit further down the line but i just don't you look at you know i look at occasionally we'll look at shops for rent you know commercial premises and i'm like jesus christ i, d- I don't know who's paying that yeah, yeah I, I was thinking no like gonna open a hat shop that's the thing i'm like dude and i like you know we make we make okay margin it's like what about the people selling clothes at 30 percent margin like that's just terrible like it's just it's not a business that you can try on and then buy cheaper online yeah dude um so i definitely think there's a market i think like i I, you know i think I, i would like to think i would probably always work in and around coffee and specialty coffee or 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 just food um and I think there's so much room for improving products that we products that we use or or products that we don't have. Um, so I'd like to do stuff like that. I'd like to maybe do stuff that I can travel with a bit and, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, shops. I hilariously, I did just I just uh, opened a beer shop with a couple of my friends, but I just invested. Did a, you? A, I did. It's called Salter House Bottles. Is that an Irish accent? Yeah. Do you know the other day I went to on Sunday I went out for I went to buy some spices and I um and my son told me he felt dizzy. He's like three. I was like, oh shit, he probably eat some lunch. So we went for a burger and then after we like finished and ate in the car back, I spoke only in an Irish accent and I pretended to him that it was because I ate the burger. <laughs> and at first, at first he thought it was really funny. And then by the end, it's probably like 15 minute drive home. And by the end, he was like losing it. He was so like, it's like really angry and like. <laughs> He's going to hate me. Mrs. Schroll. 
Schroeder. <laughs> Mrs. Schroeder. <laughs> but, okay, I, another, I hated another, that character so much. <laughs> do you know a really great story is that uh, me and James Hoffman went for a drink the other evening and to a wine bar uh, called Noble Rot, and it was really good. But the girl... It was really good, right? Isn't but the, the girl who is this sommelier, I can never say that word, sommelier, looked ident- like identical in every way to the schoolgirl in train spotting. In okay. every way. And she was Scottish, like everything. Her mannerisms, her hair, her everything. And we were in, in a cab on the way home. I was like, dude, you, you, you got that? It was like, it was exactly the girl from train spotting. He was like, oh. Yeah. She oh, yeah. that girl was actually Irish. Uh no. Yeah. No. Oh dude, are you ready to have your mind blown? Go on. Oh, hang on. I hope this is hang on, hang on. I I, I have to I'm going to have to look this up because otherwise I don't want to drop. That that girl is the same girl that played Mrs. Schroeder. No. Yeah. So for those who are like sitting there in absolute bewilderment, Mrs. Schroeder is an Irish character in Boardwalk Empire. I'm looking up on IMDb right now. It's uh, her name is Kelly McDonald. Okay, no, okay, that's maybe that's why I, she's not Irish at all. That's why I thought she was Irish because she. Okay, I think I knew that before and then forgot it. She's yeah. Scottish. She's Scottish. Yeah. Which makes yeah. her questionable Irish accent slightly weirder. Well, I don't know why she couldn't nail it. No, I don't think she is Irish at all. I think she is Scottish. She's, I'm but, looking at her thing. But She's it's a weird thing. In Hollywood, Irish people put on Irish accents and they sound stupid. Like, what's her name? Um, you're one who's like a big star now and she's like 19 or something. Stephen Morrissey. <laughs> Saoirse Ronan. When Saoirse Ronan talks on in a film <laughs> she sounds like an american person with an irish accent she's like oh i'm going back to ireland and you're like you don't talk like that why are you is talking it, like is that because people with their accent either gets way harder or they just lose it and they just sound um nuts goes <laughs> a bit crazy right i think we've tangented enough there uh thank you very much for joining us today thanks thanks for me sorry it was probably um not like good that as always to see you like that cup north talk is just bollocks yeah. for 25 minutes and then, then an abrupt ending i loved it um but yeah best look at the shop and the thing that you won't tell us about sorry no worries talk to you soon thanks bye thanks for listening to this podcast it's proudly brought to you by nuova simonelli